0: Welcome to the DudeCast, a podcast about American masculinity. Today's show is unique as I'm going to be introducing the 1975 catalog to my co-host Nick. So if you want to follow along, just click the link below every time you hear a and now generic rock music. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the DudeCast. My name is Garrett, and sitting across from me, as always, is my co-host, Nick. How are you today? Doing pretty good, Garrett. Good, good. That is good to hear. Is the weather treating you well over there? Uh, it's pretty typical Portland weather. It's a little cloudy out today. Okay. Okay, so perfect for that Pearl Jam, grunge music, flannel shirt attire. Just lots of sadness. Wow. That's good, because today's episode is going to be a special episode. For readers who took a look at the site yesterday, there was a pretty decent-sized retrospective on the 1975. They're a band that's relatively important to me in terms of my relationship with my wife and our love for the band, but also, weirdly timed, they always come around this area on my birthday, which is, I don't know, it's just a strange occurrence. Uh, Last year they were, they played at the Anthem in D.C. Uh, A couple years ago they were at the Mann Center in Philly. Uh, And this year they're actually releasing their new album, On My Birthday. Uh, So I'm super excited to give that a first listen. But Nick, on the other hand, has not listened to the 1975. Is that correct?
1: I have not. This would be my first time ever hearing them. So, what have you heard about them? Uh, Their name uh, is a year, and that's about it. I have a friend who listens to them, and I know the kind of music that he likes. So I kind of already have a preconceived notion of what this is gonna potentially sound like. So so what kind of music? What kind of
0: music does your friend like?
1: Uh. I don't know how to describe indie pop. Okay. Okay. That—that's, I guess, the best way you could describe it.
0: Okay. Well, before we begin, i, I sent you a link to some pictures of the band, uh, and the these pictures are sort of from all of their different time periods. But uh, does anything stand out? Uh. They. Okay,
1: so I don't know if you're looking at the Google search, but the third picture, the black and white one on that Google search you sent me, the guy what? this looks like a band that would be in the eighties. You know? Okay. You know, okay. Look, like a little I, like depeche mode. I was thinking more Huey Lewis in the news. <laughs> I don't know, like the the backup band for um, for Cyndi Lauper or something. A flock of seagulls. Yeah, <laughs> I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. I, I mean, hey, uh, I, I can't blame him. I mean, that stuff that stuff is in style right now.
0: If I could rock a hairstyle like that,
1: I probably wouldn't. But I'd like to have uh, the option. You, you totally could, Garrett. I, I think you could. The lead he singer. Have- you grow it out long enough, I, I think you could do that. I don't think he has a widow's peak. Well, that's the thing; it'd just it'd be it would be covered, maybe.
0: That's fair. That's fair. So, what I'm going to do, uh, what we're going to do today is, I'm going to kind of guide Nick through sort of bits and pieces of their discography. Uh, we're not going to listen to entire albums. We're not going to listen to entire songs but we're going to listen to the songs that I think represent the band really well. And again, this is going to be Morpheus's first time listening. And I'm really curious to see what he thinks as we kind of listen to the songs. So uh, before we begin, Nick, let me just read you the reviews of their very first album. All All right. So pitchfork said for such a pop oriented band, The 1975 songwriting has turned out remarkably stiff, cloistered, and unimaginative. Rolling Stone said the 1975 could use some enunciation lessons and an editor. Their debut, a top 40 hit in America, is a long, often inscrutable set that rifles through synth rock references like neon trees doing a poor M83 impression.
1: Damn, that's savage.
0: They're pretty brutal.
1: Yeah. I've heard a lot of, I think I've heard some good things about this band from other people. I don't know what their problem is.
0: Well, you're going to, you're going to give it your first shot. This is going to be your first opportunity. So the first song I'm going to pick is, this is probably the song that gets the biggest reaction at their live show. And it's from their first album. It's self-titled. And the song is titled Sex. So if you want to click the link and get that loaded up.
1: Right. Interesting. Interesting music video. Did you get the parental warning? I have not. Starting off with like a conversation between a guy and a girl. They're talking about taking a trip to Vegas.
0: Yeah, it's a Interesting music video. So this is actually the second music video they made. Their first was when they weren't the 1975, but I'm just going to let the music play for now.
1: All right. Oh, I like the guitar. Okay. I kind of like it. Like he's a he's a good singer, and I gotta like the beat and the guitars and uh, how would I describe it? It just it sounds like something I've listened to before, or at least similar to something, huh. Right here, I'm gonna pause it right here. Yep, yeah, we'll, we'll pause it right here. All right, so hmm, I like it. I think it sounds pretty good. Um, gosh, I'm like trying to.
0: I can't put my finger on it. <sighs> Who does he sound like? So the uh, the he's... song has a little bit of that pop punkiness that I know you like. Yeah, that that was the first thing that kind of caught my attention. I was like, "Oh, okay." Like I can see what they're going for here. So it is. Uh, yeah. Again, as you could probably tell, so their fan base is traditionally a little bit younger uh, and more female. Um, okay. Or I should I shouldn't say like their fan base. I should say like more of their average listener. I don't even know if I would say that, but uh, they they do have a large sort of younger female fan presence. And yeah, so they're big fans of of that song. Do
1: you have any other
0: thoughts on it? Well, I can,
1: after hearing that, I can see why my, excuse me, I can see why my friend really likes them. Um, I like them. I think that sounds pretty good. At least I like what I hear so far um but that's definitely the kind of music he really likes he's really into that stuff he's also a really good singer and that's
0: right within his vocal range okay so you think your friend would be able to sing alongside
1: oh definitely not a problem
0: okay okay so let's let's hop on to our second track which is this is another song off their self-titled it is kind of similar um So, we'll click on the city. All right, now. I just keep getting ads, I don't know about you. Luckily I've been able to avoid them.
1: Ooh, I like that drum. That synthesizer is a very like, muse sound to it hmm. actually that isn't scent that's their bass guitar they probably just uh changed up the uh, production on it a little bit
0: yeah it does have a, a like a real deep sound for this track
1: Now I realize what this, who that this singer sounds like. All right, here, I'm going to pause it right here. Okay. He sounds like Patrick Stump, that's why.
0: Interesting. I, I never bit. thought of that. Why, why do you say that? Well, like,
1: he stays within a specific range when he sings, so it's not all of Patrick Stump's range, but there's, like, a little area there especially in this song where he's sticking in a little specific range or i swear he sounds just like patrick stump he's not doing a lot of patrick's like higher you know like wailing sounds but god he sounds a lot like him
0: at least that's what i'm
1: getting from it i really like that drum beat that was really good um i noticed yeah they they do a lot of uh sound changes to their instruments. Um, the bass guitar specifically, where it sounds more like a
0: synth rather than just a straight up bass. Hmm. So, yeah, you're going to hear a, a variety of sounds. Uh, so those two tracks are sort of, they they have kind of different eras of the band and that is sort of their black and white era. Mm-hmm. Um. And
1: what do you mean by their black and white era?
0: So a lot of their merchandise, their albums, their outside of the music video, the first music video we watched, everything is really just black and white and they kind of keep that aesthetic. And it's just something to keep in mind as we sort of go through this tour, Um, because that may have some sort of significance in terms of the band and their growth. So their first album, their self-titled album, was successful, but I would argue that their second album is really where they began to find find their footing. Is it because you feel like the first one's a little derivative? Their first one is good. I like a lot of the songs, but some of that uniqueness isn't quite there yet. I see. They're kind of just uh, finding themselves in this album. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so, so right now, your opinion, where are you at?
1: Uh, I like it. I um, Would I actively go out and listen to this? Like, would I create a playlist around this in my Spotify? Um, I'd probably add a few of these songs so far to, like, a playlist, and I would just, you know, I, I wouldn't skip them if I got to it. Um So yeah, this is something where it's like I could see myself just passively listening to. If it turned on, I like it. Okay,
0: okay. So actually, let's skip the third one and move to Love Me and we'll hit that third one next. All right, clicking now.
1: Oh, this is a big sound change. Wow, this is hella eighties inspired. <laughs> wow, there's a lot going on in this a lot going on in this video. <laughs> <laughs> those those leather pants, my dude.
0: I need to get myself a pair.
1: <laughs> wow this is a huge change God. yeah this is super 80s oh no, at least it shows that they're versatile
0: All right, I'm going to stop it here. All right. So, one thing that the first time I heard that song I immediately thought of Peter Gabriel.
1: Yeah, that that's actually a very good way to think about the wow or in excess, that's what I Okay.
0: Would. Yeah, even like his moves and his outfit was very in excess like too. Yeah. Wow,
1: that was a Big change from the last album. You said this is their second album.
0: So this is their second album.
1: Wow, this is usually like a shift this big. It usually doesn't come for a band until like their third or fourth album. They're like, oh, we really want to just try something different.
0: Yeah, so their second album was... So this is kind of their like pink... uh, Pink inspired... Okay. ...album. Um, and the album is actually really long and just like from front to back, it's really good. So that is actually the second track on the album. Um, Hmm. and they go through again, like a variety of different genres. So actually let's just kind of sweep right into the sound. Um, because again, this is gonna, it's a little bit different.
1: Before we do that, I just want to say I get, uh the lead singer of this band, he's he definitely embraces being a front man. You know, it's it's one thing to be a lead singer. He definitely is a performer.
0: Uh, I'll give him that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. He comm- he definitely commands the stage. Yeah, uh, he does. When he's um, live And one of the things that, if you watch their really old performances, so the performances around their self-titled, and even some during this album cycle, um, he was really addicted to drugs. Oh, boy. Um, And a lot of the lyrics reference that, his addictions, and he's clean now, which is really great. Um, But that is something that, you know, that sort of traditional frontman kind of thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, you, you think of, like, some of the best front men that have, you know, ever performed, you know, people like David Lee Roth and stuff like that, and, you know, they all have some kind of issue. I don't know. Maybe they, uh, not really sure what it is. Maybe it's, uh, out of a desire for, like, they didn't get enough attention or, I don't know, self-esteem issue, but... Still, I, I gotta hand it to him. He's a great frontman. He just—he really knows how to perform. I give him that. Yep. Yep.
0: Okay. All right. So let's, sound. let's move on to the sound. Let me know when you're good. Starting now.
1: Okay, I feel like I've seen this one before. It was may have heard it because it was at our wedding. Yeah, but this video is very familiar. My friend might have shown me this, and I just didn't remember it. Oh, I've heard this song. It's a good song. They do great music videos.
0: It's always something new. They definitely nailed what aesthetic they're always going for.
1: Yeah, that's very true. And they stick to it. It's very consistent from album
0: to album. So we're going to actually listen to this for a little bit past the first chorus.
1: All right. I really like this one. (laughs) They referenced Huey Lewis in the
0: video. So this is definitely probably my favorite 1975 song and video, just because it's so self-aware. Oh my god, yeah. This is actually pretty great.
1: (laughs) Oh my god, this is great. (laughs) Punch your TV, obnoxious. So these must all be from reviews that they've gotten. Yep. Arena synth pop Okay.
0: I mean, I can hear that. All right, so let's pause it here. Uh, would you say this song is your favorite so far? Yeah, this is definitely
1: my favorite. Um, I think the song, I've heard the song before. I swear I've heard it before. Um, but, uh, like, not only at your wedding, but, like, on multiple occasions. Mostly because of my friend. Um, I'd get in the car with him, and that's the kind of music he would play, but I heard this one before um i like it by itself i think it works even better with the video it just they they really know how to do a good music video and uh a good music video can really punch up a song and this one is really good and yeah i do like how self-aware they are about uh what people say about their sound at least uh the critics that is but the one that really got me was the fact that I had brought up Huey Lewis in the news earlier, and one of those reviews that they, uh, they show on the screen mentions Huey Lewis in the news. Yeah. Oh my god, that's hilarious.
0: <laughs> so, uh, that song was in the running for Rachel and I's wedding song. Um, Why is that? I'm just curious. We... The song is just so fun and poppy, we're thinking of doing something different, but lyrically... It kind of didn't work. Um, it's not really romantic at all. Uh, so you settled on Limp Biscuit, right? Yep. Yep. Uh, my way. It <laughs> um, was between my way or my generation. Yeah. <laughs> as, af- as we were walking back up the aisle, it was Rolling. Roland, of course. It's a classic. A total classic.
1: Yeah, right. I like that one. That one was, uh, it, it's good. I don't know. Like, I, I can, okay. It's like, at on the one hand, I can understand some of those criticisms. Just because, like, I feel like, at least with this album, it does kind of sound like a lot of stuff that everyone is doing right now. But I think that the singer and the instrumentation is good enough that it uh, it can it justifies its own existence. It's good. Like I can understand some of those criticisms, but um, yeah, no, I like it. It just it sounds good. Like not everything has to be, you know. I'm a big Tool fan. Not everything has to be you know a lateralist, really complicated and super original album every single time. Like sometimes some nice fun easy to listen to music is a good thing. I don't know. I I really like that song.
0: All right. So, so yeah, that those are the two tracks that I I decided to share from their second album. And there's a lot more that you could pick from that I think are really, really good, but we're going to move on to their third album. So their third album was actually sort of, they were working on two albums at once and they weren't sure if they were going to release a double album or, just two separate albums. They decided to do two separate albums. And so when their second album came out, which is appropriately titled, I Like It When You Sleep, For You Are So Beautiful, Yet So Unaware of It. Uh, is this a Fall Out Boy album? We're doing these really long <laughs> album titles now. <laughs> so that that's the name of their second album, which is just really, really long. Um <laughs> And the reviews for it were actually really bad. What? Yeah. So a lot of that criticism that was playing over the sound video was stuff that they were getting for the second album. Um, And what's really interesting is their third album, which I'm lukewarm on. I think the good songs are really, really good. And then there's like a lot of just okay kind of slow stuff that i wasn't really digging but that's okay. filler really um, or uh so when you see them live their pop songs are incredible and some of their slow songs really work but they have this like middle section of the show that's like four or five just of their really really slow songs that kind of just drags and the way the tracks are organized on this third album there is a lot of that. Um, but critics actually like gave this album, like overwhelming positive reviews. Um, so it was like, almost like the, uh, like pedestal or pendulum, like swung the other way entirely.
1: That is so interesting. I feel like magazines like Rolling Stone and everything have no room to be like, criticizing bands sometimes the way they do, considering the fact that it's Rolling Stone. Um, but, yeah, it's really interesting when a band shifts gears from, like, a more poppy sound to something at least more serious or just completely different. And then all of a sudden they're great, at least to the, the critics.
0: Yeah, there there has been a huge shift in sort of public opinion of the band uh, in between sort of their second and third albums. So, the first track I'm gonna play is entitled, um, It's Not Living If It's Not With You. So, if All you right. want to click that one.
1: All right, click now.
0: I've got a little bit of an still ad. Still haven't gotten one ad yet. I'm just bombarded, because I don't have ad blocker.
1: All right, very somber start to the video. A lot of clocks you must have a hard time waking up in the morning with all those alarm clocks
0: so skip to so skip to uh, 120 120 (laughs)
1: still doing that 80s thing all right this you know what honestly the uh the aesthetic changed from being super 80s to kind of like some like indiscriminate time period
0: uh so this is this is actually uh uh Par- not a parody, but uh, sort of like a tribute to a Talking Heads music video. Ah. Uh, but the sound got way more 80s. Like It's like they're
1: moving back in time with every album. Huh.
0: Interesting video. All right, so so why don't we pause here? I'm assuming he got to the mirror? Yep, just got to the mirror. Okay, so so what are your initial thoughts on sort of this uh, from Love Me and The Sound to It's Not Living?
1: It feels like they went from like
0: a late 80s pop sound
1: to kind of it's like they they just hit directly on 1984 and we're just huh it it feels a little calmer than the uh the earlier stuff um the last album and the one before it like just very a lot calmer but okay. still very like a beat poppy I, this one is a little harder for me to kind of I guess I was expecting, maybe the way it was kind of built up, I was expecting a more monumental shift. It feels like they kind of just made still a gradual
0: shift more into 80s synth pop. I'm not really sure. I don't know. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, so the next track is I Like America and America Likes Me. And this track is a bit more experimental. Okay so all right let's see
1: here i'm gonna click on that now i like america america likes me oh this is a unique way to start a video see i guess that's one thing you can always count on with these guys you're always going to get a unique experience with every video oh wow no, oh, you're right. This is very different. Oh, this is trippy. Huh.
0: Auto tune, huh? Interesting. So, why don't you pause it, and on your up next, does it say Love It If We Made It?
1: Uh, no.
0: It has the EP version for sex. Okay, I'm going to put something in the, the chat that I'm going to have you click on. Uh, let me know when you're uh,
1: good to go. Is it the, uh, the new YouTube link before the Google search? Yep.
0: Uh, right. after The very okay. last one. All right. Click on that now. I'd love it if we made it. Is it, is it up? Yep. That's playing. All right. So this is still off of their third
1: album. So these are kind of the more monumental shifts I was expecting. In sound. Oh. (laughs) This is their like this their revolutionary album.
0: Ah, not quite. Uh, Ah, a little bit.
1: Harvey weinstein clip there that all right and keeping with the uh, trend I'm going to pause it about here okay okay so wow all right these last two ones big change um very uh so the first one was uh almost felt like it was produced by kanye um i liked it it was it was interesting um the auto-tune was was quite the choice um mostly because I, i don't know i don't really hear that used much anymore so that was uh, that was kind of interesting. That video was so trippy. Um and then for this one, I'd have to read the lyrics, but it felt like hmm, it almost felt like they were satirizing like uh like an overly political song. But I'd have to read the lyrics to be sure the video kind of was given that feeling to me. Um, a lot of colors and a lot of clips of things you'd see in the news. Um, yeah, I kind of felt like a, a, satirized take on a, like a rage against the
0: machine video. So there is a little bit of that sort of tongue in cheek aspect of the song. Um, so this song, love it. If we made it was voted as one of the best songs of 2018, I believe by quite a few different mainstream lists. And, um, there is a lot of just taking phrases from other things. Uh, so later on in the song, uh, I moved on her like a bitch, uh, like what Trump said, that is Mm a lyric, uh, thank you, Kanye. Very cool. (laughs) Um, rest in peace, little peep. Uh, So there, there is a little bit of that tongue-in-cheek aspect but um, yeah so as you can tell just kind of based off of those three tracks they they have a lot of range.
1: yeah I mean this is a huge shift from their first album like that journey I mean I can see where that journey went um, but wow like when you just look at the beginning and you know look at where we are right now, wow that is a big change
0: so here comes probably the biggest change that you're going to see all right uh so that that is just to just have your seatbelt attached uh so why don't you click on people
1: all right i'm strapped in let's do this identify my epilepsy action ten- oh cool this might give me a seizure I like the video already. Very white stripesy. Okay, yeah. I'm a huge white stripes fan, so this is this is right up my alley. And he really changed his look. It's like they've moved on from the '80s to uh, to like '90s uh, underground. I like it. I really like this. This is right in my alley. It's almost like yeah. not even the
0: same band. So, so why don't we pause here? Man, I almost didn't want to. <laughs> uh, and we'll, we'll go on one more so that people is the opening track off of their new album coming out. on. Um, so if you're listening uh, tomorrow, the 22nd and the last track we're going to listen to is entitled me and you together song. Uh, so that's the very last link that I put in there.
1: All right. Oh no. Huh, this sound, it almost feels like they've gone back to their first album.
0: A little bit, yeah. It's got a very third eye blindy.
1: Yeah. Oh, my God, a Von Dutch shirt. Oh, my God, this video. (laughs) Oh, my gosh, what is this? Like, this is, like, late 90s (laughs) Blink-182 in terms of video look. Wow, I can't remember the last time I saw a Von Dutch shirt. How is it that a brand new video is giving me, like,
0: nostalgia? <laughs> how, how does that happen? Kid's also wearing a Tony Hawk t-shirt. <laughs> Bones Brigade. Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> I kind of like this. Yeah, yeah, it's like he's trying to sound like Mark Hoppus. Interesting. Just, like Those like ending notes uh, for every line in the chorus like kind of has a Mark hoppus sound to it. And then the band itself, yeah, it does kind of have like a third-eye-blind sound to it. All right, so why don't we pause there? Yeah, let's do that. All right, so wow, extremely versatile band. Like uh, I'll give them that. Like that, this is just impressive. Like all the different genres and everything they've moved through. I mean, this song sounds absolutely nothing like the last one, which sounds absolutely nothing like the one before. Um, you, you really can't pigeonhole this band, and I guess maybe that was a response to some of the the critics. Uh, reception to their second album, perhaps?
0: I could see that. Um, I think it's also like some bands just need a little bit of time to sort of find their footing and they're lucky that they were able to sort of expand their uh, like musical talents and their sort of sound output. Mm Mm-hmm. And have, like, an audience that followed them. Because so I think there's a lot of bands that aren't able to, to sort of keep a fan base with them.
1: Yeah, especially when you change your sound that often. Um, I guess maybe as long as you... So, I'm sure you're familiar with this. Like, whenever a band, like, has an established sound for album to album to album and they've been doing the same sound forever and then all of a sudden they do an experimental album and that's usually the one that flops you know everyone criticizes it people don't like it blah 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 because it's too different from what they're expecting but i guess when you change your sound almost every album i mean the two in the middle they're kind of they're pretty similar they they could kind of be lumped together in a way um for having like an 80s synth pop kind of sound to it. Um, perhaps the uh, the third one, a little more somber on that. But uh, I guess when you change your sound, almost every album, you know, you don't build any expectations for what the next album is going to sound like. So, you know, people aren't going to be like on this kick of, oh, like I really, uh, I've been liking your sound since the beginning. It's so consistent and then all of a sudden changing You know, something like this, it's almost like you just expect something different every time. Kind of like Ghost or, you know,
0: other bands like that. I thought you were talking about the movie. (laughs) Patrick Swayze. And Whoopi Goldberg. (laughs) Yeah, no,
1: I mean, this one I I really like just because I'm a huge fan of all kinds of 90s alternative. I just love it. I just remember growing up and listening to it when it would come on the radio i loved it um that last track yeah very white stripesy um his voice sounded very reminiscent of jack white and the instrumentation was a lot more aggressive um this one sounded more like yeah i was trying to be like that softer 90s alternative third eye blind kind of stuff and uh the singer, yeah, I still think he kind of had like this Mark Hoppus thing going on. A, li- a little softer than Mark's voice, but yeah, wow. They just
0: like jumped to
1: another uh, decade with this one.
0: So if you had to sort of give them a, fu- a review just based off of the limited knowledge that you have sort of seen here in their music, what, where would you put them? Where would you rank them?
1: Well, I'll always give a band props for trying to uh, trying to do something new, trying to evolve their sound all the time. So on that, I'd have to give them, you know, five out of five for that. Um, I'd say, for my own personal tastes, uh, some of it I really love, some of it I could probably leave behind, um, and then some of it I could enjoy if it were to come on you know, on the radio or in a store. That, that's definitely something I could hear in, like, a more new-age store or I don't even want to use the word new-age store. It makes me sound old. Uh, but, like, if I were to walk into a – I don't know. Why would I walk? If I were to walk into a Hollister, like, this is something I would expect to hear at least a lot of their, like, their second and third album.
0: Okay. And
1: – I have to say, like, when it comes to, like, my personal taste, I'd probably give them three and a half out of five stars. I, I like, there's some some stuff in there I just really like, and I want to kind of explore, especially, I, I want to explore the first and the new album a lot. Uh, I want to see what the rest of it sounds like. Kind of excited for that. The second and third one, I that's the stuff I would probably casually listen to uh, if it were to
0: come on the radio. Well, good news for us is uh, I think next week we can take a listen uh, ahead of time of the new album and we can chat about it a little bit. Yeah. um, At the beginning of our show, but are you willing at this point to say you're a fan of the 1975? I could say that I'm a casual fan at this point. All right.
1: All right. That's that's, uh, good.
0: Introductory fan. Better than nothing, right? Yeah. Alright, so ladies and gentlemen, we hope you enjoyed listening to this sort of special edition of the DudeCast. We did something a little bit different. If you like it, let us know. If you hated it, don't. (laughs)
1: Or write a review in Rolling Stone about it.
0: Yeah. Uh, Say something about us being pretentious. But, (laughs) if this is your first time tuning in, or if you're a long-time listener, I encourage you to subscribe to the show Follow us at DudeFluencer on Facebook and Twitter and visit us at DudeFluencer.com every Thursday for new episodes of the DudeCast. For Nick, my name is Garrett and we look forward to seeing you again soon. Mm -hmm.